Hello, fiends. This week's episode is also going to be a two-part episode. Simone and I had so much fun talking about chapter two of Big Friendship, appropriately named Obsessed, Hmm, go figure, that there was just too much audio to do just one episode. Hence, two-part episode. Obvious. I'm aware. Enjoy. This microphone smells really good. (laughs) Back away from the microphone. (laughs) Ah, So, Simone, welcome. Welcome to our episode, a salt and pepper episode of My Friend's Friends. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. It's like you're sitting in my living room on my coffee table. I wish we were sitting on your coffee table. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Well, I'm really excited because today we're going to dive into the book that we're reading together. Yes, Big Friendship. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, me too. It's by, just to remind everybody, it's by Aminatu So and Anne Friedman. They're the hosts of the hit podcast, Call Your Girlfriend, which we have not yet listened to, but I am adding to my list to, to listen to right away. I think that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're much better at listening to podcasts than I am, though. I have... <laughs> Two. Two, two, and then this one that I listened to. Hey, but you're committed, and I think that the, my theory, I have a theory about this, mm-hmm. is that you can listen to podcasts, like, off and on, and, you know, have, you could have 15 that you listen to, but until you find the one, the one that pops your proverbial podcast cherry, <laughs> as my, as Andre mm-hmm. has... In recent weeks, he has his mom told him that he needs to listen to My Favorite Murder, oh. one of the most popular, um, what do you call that genre? Thriller? Cr- uh, true crime. True crime. True crime th- um, podcasts. And he is binging it. And he, and I've had him, I've been hooked on podcasts for seven, six, seven years now, and, you know, mm. took until now for him to find one that he's loving. So. Wow. Okay. Well, we're constantly closing the door between us because I don't want to hear about the murders. <laughs> oh, I think, when you said closing the door, I thought, I, I meant, I don't know why, my mind went to, like, closing the distance between your podcasting obsession and his podcasting obsession. Yeah. That's not what you meant. Like, figuratively. No, no, (laughs) no. no. This is a literal door closing. (laughs) You know, I honestly don't blame you. I am not a fan of scary movies or, as you know, as you know. Mm -hmm. What did did we watch? We watched Get Out. Get Out, which, fabulous movie, but (laughs) just for everybody else, I... We watched the trailer. I was terrified of the trailer. And then I made Andre and Simone tell me the whole story. (laughs) We told her the whole plot. And then it does, in in Paris' defense, they pretty much put all of the scary parts in the trailer. So there's like probably a, a total of like two minutes of scariness. Yes. You know. But it was like... Now that I knew this, so I knew I wanted to watch this movie, right? Because I really, I, I, I wanted to watch it because I thought it was culturally important. Mm-hmm, and, which it is. Yes. And, but I was, oh, this is just going to terrify me. So, I, so after, after we went through the whole thing. Um, she immediately said, okay, I want to watch it. Let's watch it. And we said, but we just told you everything. And she said, no, no, I can do it now. <laughs> And we did. <laughs> we did. And it was great. So, so And we watched it in the daytime. We did watch it in the daytime. Oh, man. So, well, speaking of... So let's jump in. Yeah, huh? let's say, speaking speaking of... Uh, I don't really... There was really no, no segue there, but I just was going to say, speaking <laughs> of... Um, <laughs> so we're talking about Chapter 2 of Big Friendship, which is called Obsessed. Mm-hmm. And I, 
I know this feeling for sure. <laughs> okay, I was wondering if you felt like the content of the chapter matched up to when you read the title of the chapter and then the actual content to me felt like like oh obsessed like I thought oh obsessed and then I like read the chapter and I was like oh it's not it's not like bad obsessed well and I think you're probably um not you're probably the right certain words have connotations associated with Uh them and obsessed definitely has kind of a negative connotation which I don't necessarily think that it should have a a negative connotation I think we just think of oh this person was obsessed with that person and they were creepy and murdering them murdering them speaking of murders yeah um but to me obsessed can also just be you know if you're obsessed with a song right it's not a bad Mm -hmm. thing um I think we just tend to think of people and the word obsession as a, as a kind of a negative connotation. So when I read the title, I knew exactly what they meant with it. Okay, good. Or at least I thought I did. Well, I think you probably were right on point with that. Mm. Well, and, and so that's actually, so I guess if I, if I just, if I just jump right in. Jump uh, in! So Take the lead! I will try. So, the chapter Obsessed is essentially the story about how the two of them became obsessed with one another and and their friendship, right? So, mm-hmm. um, it explains how they, the, the, the event that kind of took them to that level um, and then goes, goes later on to kind of explain, and I think the last, the last sentence kind of, um, let me see, hold on. the last sentence of the chapter, which basically says this feeling of safety was at the very heart of what made our friendship work. So they're kind of explaining both of their backgrounds and then trying to really, I don't know, reflect on the, the things that led the two of them to be so prominent in each other's lives mm-hmm. and their, their past and their histories and, and the, again, kind of the given situation around how they became friends. So the thing that I was thinking of, and um, so I think, again, this, this book, they became friends in their mid-20s, right? Um, mm-hmm. Late 20s. And essentially, I was thinking about my friendships when I was in my mid-20s. Mm-hmm. And I did have a couple, I think there were like two people in my life that I can relate to this type of, quote, obsession, where they were... Uh, you know, after that first dinner, they were hooked. They were texting each other all the time. Yeah, they were... their big friendship had commenced. Yes. And it's quite interesting that I was, so I was reflecting. So one, uh, one of those people I no longer talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, not by any bad thing. Um, and then the other one I do talk to. And mm-hmm. I just thought that was really interesting, again, of how, you know, no two friendships are the same. And yeah, even if... Again, it's that, that that curiosity of what makes one a big friendship versus the other. Oh, totally. So, I don't know. I was just thinking, did you, have you had anybody like that in your life? A big friendship? No, I mean, I mean like the kind of obsession, big friendship yeah. that, in that way. Because, you know, again, they say something about, in their case, right, it was seeing each other every week, texting all the time. Mm-hmm. But yet they have big friendships with people that they don't necessarily do that with. Mm, yeah. That's interesting. Um, I have one in my mind in particular that I have where it's just like every time, you know, you're texting each other, you, we met, um, like, you know, someone said you should meet this person. I think you'll really like them. Mm. We spent the afternoon together. And from that point on, it was like, oh my goodness, like, texting saying I'm I miss you I'm thinking of you we should do this we should do that you know very similar to Mm. what they were explaining about oh when we weren't hanging out we were making plans to hang out and it involved like doing activities but then also what they describe which you love and which (laughs) I also love but um just you know spending a lot of quantity of time together but also for that quantity 
being a mix of activities and watching TV or taking mm-hmm. a nap or doing very mundane things mm-hmm. and that there's a um, level of, I think, vulnerability that is earned through those kind of things. Mm. I don't know. It's, to me, like, if I can do that with somebody and not feel like I have to host, like yeah. we've talked about, it's a it's a really cool thing. Mm. I had a question for you about friendship starting. They're becoming friends. They're exchanging these fashion blogs. This is before social media. So they're sending each other messages, connecting, and there is a denim skirt and they disagree. One of them says, I love the denim skirt. One of them says, I hate it. Mm -hmm. And they say, can I still be, can we still be friends? Yeah, I really liked that. This is so cute. And Anne must have been the one that said, ugh, denim skirt, she commented. Anne replied, I like it. Can we still be friends? Only if we hang out soon, Aminatu responded. The denim skirt had become the first private meme in our friendship, a not-quite joke we returned to again and again to signal to each other that we were paying attention. And I was trying to think of one of these little inside jokes from one of my friendships that was like, it's not about the joke. It's about I love you. Mm -hmm. And I can't really think of one in a... I'm sure I have them. Um, Maybe like nicknames come to mind for me. Like a Mm -hmm. lot of like nicknames come out of an event usually Mm -hmm. or a circumstance. Um, At least in our culture. That's Mm -hmm. not the case in Italian. But I... I couldn't think of a, of a super clear one that wasn't nickname related. So I was just wondering if you could, if you anything came to mind for you when you read that. Um, so it didn't actually. Nothing came to mind. Yeah. I, I think maybe I was like, oh, I wonder if I do that. But now that you're saying it, there is somebody that we have this and all I do is text her one thing. And it's, it, you're right. It's, it became a sign of, it has nothing to do with the joke or the, Mm -hmm. it came from a comic. It has nothing to do with the comic anymore. We just adopted these, uh, respective items from the comic. Yeah. And sometimes that's all I send her is just this one little thing. Mm -hmm. And then she sends me that back and it's essentially saying, you know, I've got you. I love that. Yeah. And um, it is it, obviously, I mean, I think you can hear the smile in my voice. Uh, yeah. It just makes me fun. And then when I think about it, what that means for us. And then and then I think about the comic and then that makes me giggle. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that sometimes, so I think you're definitely right with the nicknames. I definitely have their nicknames in that. But and then I'm trying to, I mean, I think the other thing too that I find in that in a similar vein is sometimes it's really nice to just talk with friends and recount experiences that we've had. Mm. And Oh yeah. To me that's it's maybe you know, I was talking to a friend of mine recently and we were <laughs> recounting how we met a bit and then I made him I think I said this before and then I made him shut up because I want to have him on the pod. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I was like, no, I love talking. that. Um, I love it. But, you know, that kind of, oh, yeah, I remember that time that you were at my place and we were all dressed up as sheep and then you slept in my living room and then my cat was meowing a bunch and I was so concerned that she was going to wake you up. Like, you know, yes. it, it's just that kind of shared memory, too. I think that that, mm-hmm. I think that when you put it in a context of, sharing like love with one another Mm -hmm. I I don't know I think sometimes the experiences in that way definitely do it as well yeah kind of reliving it for just a brief moment together Mm -hmm. and going back there and then I also think that uh, you know when so again it's it's uh so a friend of mine um he flies hot air balloons that's cool. I know. And this was, I didn't know this about him until like, I don't know, months into us knowing each other. And it was just, I was like, what? 
and um, it was very cool. And so the other day I was walking around and I looked up into the sky and there was one hot air balloon. And, you know, I haven't talked to him in a little bit of time, but I took a photo and I just was like, reminded me of you. So I love that. And I I feel like we probably have that with specific people where Mm -hmm. it's just. It's a trigger. It is a trigger. And sometimes the triggers are weird. Yeah, they're hot air balloons and comics and stuff. Yeah, and uh, but that's what makes them unique or like a little talisman is mm-hmm. that they are unique mm-hmm. and it's not like oh my pencil. And I, yeah. and then I think that that's another like they say in the book, you know, no two friendships are alike, and uh, mm. and I think that that's also. A, I don't know. There's a, again, there's another friend of mine that I recently sent something to and, um, she hasn't replied back. I've, I think I've texted her two or three times and she hasn't replied back to any of the texts, which is totally okay. Um, mm. but I just hope that, you know, I, I, I texted her one thing. It was, again, it was a line from a, from a comedian, that we both just found hilarious and, you know, yeah. and all I did was text her this one line <laughs> of me saying this comedian's line because yeah. I was thinking about it and I wanted to share it with her to go, you know, I'm thinking of you because of, you know, this type of thing. So, hmm. Yeah, interesting. Um, well, on that note, I had another question for you, which I think I know the answer to, but they, this I had so many thoughts about this idea that they um, talk about, which I think I mentioned in the last in in the last episode that we talked about this, but that they're both planners and that they're both um, they're both social initiators is what they call themselves. Mm -hmm. And that so they they say we're both social initiators our shared love language is making and keeping plans and i love that i love when people's love languages mm-hmm. are something outside of the five love languages that are the you know from the book or whatever mm-hmm. um that to me like spoke directly to my core because i love planning <laughs> it's very much a good thing that i'm in a culture where planning is not the norm Mm -hmm. because it's enabled me to be a lot healthier and not plan out my life to the detail Mm -hmm. to to the minute um every detail for you know two months in in the future um only when I got out of that and I think I've been talking to a friend recently who has been that kind of person in the past as well but with the pandemic slowing her down recently she's realized like oh my gosh this is actually great to to be able to say yes to things Mm. when you want to because you can yeah and that's really beautiful um so on that note I wanted to ask you if you're a planner if you're a social initiator I feel like the answer to both of those things are yes for you. (laughs) So tell me if I'm right. And then I wanted to talk a little bit about, I wanted to give an example of being here and where I've had some friction, even though it is healthy. Okay. Well, it is quite interesting because I think I'm both yes Mm -hmm. and no. Yeah. And I know we've talked about this before that sometimes like it's a real draw like to get me out of the house if it's if I've come when I used to go to work <laughs> once I got back to the house I did not want to leave. Yeah. And okay. Um but if something was planned ahead of time then I could adjust my mind that I was going to go out. And yeah, do that. totally. Um, so it, it's, but it, so again, it's a mixture of like, I, I do, I do really enjoy having, I do, I do also have enjoy having plans to look forward to, which is, mm-hmm. which is also partly why I'm, 
I keep trying to like get you guys to commit to coming I to know. Germany for Christmas. I know. Just we will yes. though. I know. <laughs> no, I know. And I know you've said like general yes, right? But it's more of like, okay, but okay, I want to know what the it, date is. No, I love that you I love that you do that because it makes me feel even though I know that you totally mean it 100% mm-hmm. that you want us to come. It's like, no, she really wants us to come. Like we could tell her tomorrow when we're coming and she will be so happy, enthused. you know? It's enthused over the yes. moon exactly yeah so, <laughs> so we feel so loved and welcomed by that well and so in that case in that way I do like making plans um but then at the same time you know um I, I like the freedom like you said to say yes to things I don't mm-hmm. I don't like my calendar to be jam-packed jam-packed so I do I do like to fly by the seat of my pants like um (laughs) you know this this weekend I I texted a friend and I'm you know just wanted we had been trying to connect anyway um, but our schedules were kind of off and so I said well you know I'm more than willing to come see you this weekend if you're free and and then you know, but again, the flexibility to say, well, I can just come, I can book a ticket on Friday via the train, right? I can mm-hmm. book a ticket on Friday and just come down. It's not a big deal. Um, and that was great. And that I still haven't booked the ticket, but we, we confirmed it today and I'll go down tomorrow. And that I also, I also quite like. So that sounds like such a good balance. Oh, thanks. Sometimes it can be frustrating though. Yeah. <laughs> First, I, I remember my, um, an ex-boyfriend of mine, he was very confused because he was like, you say that you want to plan things, but then you don't plan things. Or then sometimes you do plan things, but then you don't want to plan them. And I'm like, what's so complicated about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I remember one time, um, I think that some of this also comes with my the thought in my head. And I say a lot of the time, it'll just figure itself out, right? Mm -hmm. Something will figure itself out. Whatever it was, it'll figure itself out. And so I just remember Mm -hmm. one time I was going to, I think I was going to France for the weekend. And he was like, oh, well, where are you staying? Or when when are you meeting? Or what what are you doing for the weekend? And I was like, I don't know. I know my flight leaves at this time. I know I know I arrive at this time. I think the apartment's in the general direction of somewhere over here. So I'll figure out how I'm getting there once I get to France. Oh, that's and... brave. That's so brave because it's a control thing. Like you're okay with not being in total control all the time, which mm-hmm. I think is part of the planning thing mm-hmm. is like, oh, I want to control. Oh, how how so? Well, if I've planned it out, like if I know... Mm. What Airbnb I'm going to. I know when the check-in time is. I know where I'm going to park my car. Mm. I know, like, all this stuff. All those factors, or if I have a car, whatever. Mm -hmm. But all those factors are, like, they're factors that are pre-figured out. Mm -hmm. So is it it a control thing, though, or is it a stress thing? Like, a because I know sometimes people are like, "Ah, I'm stressing out about this. I don't know what's going on. And it just, it's comforting to know that you already have this information sorted. I don't think that they're separable necessarily. Oh. I think that they're connected because the stress is the being out of control. The stress is mm. showing up mm. and and there's the fear that, I don't know, it's going to be raining and then I'm not going to have a car and I'm going to have to walk two miles to my apartment. I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. what is it? There's nothing that's really that bad, right? But it's yeah. because I'm not in control of every detail or something. Like, mm. I don't know. I think... Maybe it maybe it's connected like that. Mm. No, and I was gonna make a, a cheeky joke. You obviously have never lived in England. <laughs> nope, no, never I'm lived teasing. there. Yeah, Rain I'm not. Is a part I'm of life. going to though, and I probably and I'm not looking forward to the weather. But oh, it'll be it'll be fine. It'll, it'll be fine. I'll adjust. So tell me about what your what your experience is that was a good learning process, but maybe you, maybe you, uh, put, you wanted to put the brakes on it. I don't know. I don't know if I would describe it in that way, but you can, you can tell I'll be, me. If I'll you be the will. judge of that at the end. Yes. No, okay. <laughs> I'll see if I revise my statement. Yes. Yes. Um, so recently last week, well, a little bit of context is that one of my good friends here who's Italian, we've been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, we're going to get together. We're going to get 
together. Mm. We'll do a weeknight. We'll do it this or that. And um, we've had her and her boyfriend over here a couple of times. So she's like, oh, you guys have to come to my place. And really, we don't care. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like we're keeping score or anything. Mm -hmm. But she was physically in my apartment the other week. And and she was dropping something off that I had left at her house. No, no, she was picking something up that she... And it doesn't matter. Um, So she was physically in my apartment, and I got out my phone to, like, say, let's pick pick Uh. out a time, and let's put it on the calendar for, like, the the next week, because you can't plan out more than a week here. It's not culturally acceptable. She's like, yeah, 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 we'll do it. And she literally leaves and walks out. <laughs> You're like dying inside. I'm dying inside. I'm like, and it's not just like, oh, that's kind of annoying. I'm like, ow, like be my friend. Like I feel hurt inside because you won't do this. And it's like for like a, a yeah. minute. Yeah. It's not like, and and I know, and I can go, okay, it's cultural, blah, 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 blah. But I am kind of like, okay, but that's not how I'm wired, and it's a little bit hard. Mm. And I know that in her mind, it's like, yes, that's going to happen. And I know we've talked about this on the pod before, yeah. but it just happened last week, and I just was going like, come on. And then the very next week, so like last weekend, she texts me on Friday, okay, you guys, Let's go on an excursion. And so then we end up going, like, driving two hours, hiking all day with her and her boyfriend and her friend. But all this gets figured out, like, the night before. We don't get any info. This is a little bit of a tangent, but whenever we've gone hiking with Italians, they've never really filled us in on, like, what we're doing or where we're going or... Do we need our hiking boots? Do we need rain ponchos? Because I have shown up for a walk to a waterfall and everyone's wearing rain ponchos and hiking boots and I'm wearing flats and wearing like a cute leather bag. Uh And I'm like, wait, why did nobody tell me what to wear? (laughs) And I'm like, wait, was I supposed to research this? I don't understand. What was the expectation Mm. here? And Andre said, I think that they are used to, like, everybody knowing everything because everyone's lived here forever. And, like, so they just think that you know. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But this was my – these were my recent cultural friction moments that have to do with planning Mm -hmm. and not being in control, really, which I think I've grown a lot in. But that's what happened. Yeah, because then it sounds like – you just need to repeat my mantra of, eh, it'll all work out somehow. Yeah. And it does. <laughs> yeah. So, there's progress. It's not perfect. But... I'm proud of you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So, the, the other thing that kind of popped up for me to hear, too, and again, I know we, I, I'm going to call it a ship, a ship again. Um, you know, they were talking about the the amount of time spend you spend with somebody. I love this. It was very interesting to me, right? Um, of just kind of saying, one, if you think about how long 30 hours, 50 hours, 140 hours, 300 hours well, let's, are. Let's read a little quote for, okay. for everyone to get them on the same page. The quote says, In friendship, our cognitively demanding field, there are magic numbers too. 30 hours, 50 hours, 140 hours, and 300 hours. Jeffrey A. Hall, a researcher at the University of Kansas who has avoided being summarized by Gladwell, actually timed the early stages of friendship. Hall found that after 30 hours spent together, people said they considered each other casual friends. After 50 hours, they would start referring to the other person as a friend with no qualifiers. But it wasn't until 140 hours that people considered it a good friendship and best friend was a label people started using only after 300 hours together. That might seem a lot of like a lot of time, but it's actually only 12 and a half days. And I just found that, I don't know, really interesting. Yeah, the, fascinating. Yeah. And, and so again, I, I don't know. There's a, obviously there's a paper. And again, Gladwell was the, Malcolm Gladwell was the journalist who talked about the 10,000 hour rule, which was, you know, the, the number of hours required to master a skill. Uh, however, they were saying that the this 
that Gladwell misinterpreted this uh, researcher's work. But anyway, it's it's uh, perpetuated itself through through society. Um, I remember my dad telling me ten thousand hours to master a skill. Yeah, like when I I think I remember like being at my kitchen table, like in Texas in like high school, and for some reason my dad like giving me this like piece of information because mm-hmm. that's something I think he he would attach onto you know as yeah, an engineer the, brain yeah. going like bing like ten thousand hours and you can master something great um not that he was saying it was easy no. but I just remember that sticking in my brain and my dad telling it to me. <laughs> Uh, it is a very engineering thing yeah again another tangent you know when you talk about how it how long it takes to quote master a language and based off of the difficulty Mm. of the language there are some other conversations about yeah yeah Yeah. um so anyway I, i just i found this hours thing quite interesting and then i don't know i don't really know where i want to where i'm going with it other than i just thought it was interesting because if i think about the amount of time that i've spent with certain friends and then well I think back to I think back to a couple of things backpacking trips in college I did a couple of those and those are week-long oh yeah you know week-long trips or even just like spring break trips like that Becky and I went on or Gabe we were all on that trip together Mm -hmm. you know to me, there are these little chunks in college where you have things like spring break and fall break and you have these opportunities and you end up spending this concentrated amount of time together. Mm-hmm. And those are, again, or you know, 20s when you're in your 20s. Um, but those, to me, I would leave those weeks and feel like, okay, when are we seeing each other again? <laughs> or we would get back from backpacking. I remember this. And we all, you know, went our separate ways, showered, went to the grocery store, and met up at somebody's house from the trip to all cook dinner. Also because we'd been walking around the woods for a week talking about the food that we wanted to eat (laughs) when we got home. Yeah. But things like that where you're just like, oh, this is, it's like an injection. Mm. Concentrated time like fast forwarded mm-hmm. our friendships to a concentrated level. That makes a lot of sense. Do you feel like you agree with it or disagree with it or have evidenced it in your life at all? Or well, so, what do you think? Yeah. And I mean, I, again, I'm just kind of doing a, a flipping through the Rolodex of my friendships. Yeah. And time, time can dictate the, depth of friendship that you feel mm-hmm. but I'm I'm now wondering if that's based off of hours spent together it I'm just trying to decide if yeah if I agree with it or not their whole idea that they're getting to with this yeah. is that they spent a ton of time together like we talked about and a lot of that time was spent you know as they as they put it, why would we go out at all yes. when the people we were most excited to talk to were willing to walk to our house in a pair of leggings and stop by a corner store for a bottle of six ninety nine Syrah and a bag of Tostitos along the way? Mm-hmm. On a deeper level, all of this quality time at home also signaled that we were enough for each other. And you know what I have written next to that? Hmm. Paris makes friends feel like they are enough. (laughs) Simone. You do, though. We've talked about it, but I think that this enoughness feeling is connected to this safeness, vulnerability feeling that they come to in the rest of the book. And enabling people to be themselves in their homes. I and I think this is this is what Jesus was getting to too. I mm. mean, I'm not com- I'm not saying like I'm convincing anybody of anything. I'm just saying this is the whole idea I think of what Christianity should be. Side note, mm. personal yeah, personal yeah. side note <laughs> is Jesus like literally was like 
hey, Zacchaeus, tax collector guy, I'm coming to your house Mm. and we're going to eat and, like, sit on the floor or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, because he was all about just letting people be as they are and loving them. Mm. And, I mean, that there's not, you know, that is big love, big friendship. Mm -hmm. No, it's a- allowing people to be vulnerable and safe with you. So I thought of you when I read that. Oh, thanks. Welcome. You're too kind to me. No, I'm not. I am the appropriate amount of kindness. Okay. <laughs> shut up, you're special. Yes. <laughs> oh, shut up, you're special. Oh. Thanks, Paris's dad, for our new slogan. Yes. <laughs> shut up. Mm. No, I, 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 that's, I've just written that down, enabling people to feel enough. And I, I think you've, I think you've really caught that in terms of, I think you've really defined that very well about what I think friendship should be. Hmm. Yeah. Man. Profound, Simone. Hmm. I'm bringing it. Yeah. I'm not holding are. back. I have how do you want to live and who do you want to be these are the Mm. questions we were answering together and I found that quite interesting because I I, maybe we've talked about this but when I was in Colorado um, in 2012 I had I that's when I really did self-reflection and like wrote down who I wanted to be and what type of friend I wanted to be, where I wanted to work, what I wanted to do, what I wanted in my life. And it's quite interesting because I did that alone. I mean, very, very much independent of other people. Um, And I know that they're not saying that they sat here and, and talked about it and they, 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 they did this together in like a conscientious way. But they're saying that they were starting to figure out adulthood. And because they were doing that together, um, that's part of why their friendship formed. Mm-hmm. So I guess along those lines, do you, how do you, what do you think about that? Do you think there are like circumstances in which people become friends that are, you know, like in this way that maybe if one of them had been more secure and, or had had a had the job that she wanted that maybe their friendship wouldn't have evolved the way that it did. What are your thoughts on hmm. how friends, well, how and why friends come together? In this chapter, there's a one sentence that I highlighted that it says these friendships felt deep from the start because they were underpinned by shared values. And I think that those ideas connect in my mind Mm -hmm. because both of those answers to me go back to, again, my formative years in university, being in my church's college group where we met, And a lot of those, a lot of that group is formed by having shared values and being at a similar stage in life and developing your own, Mm. I mean, I would, I would probably put quotation marks around own Mm. at this point, Mm -hmm. uh, worldview (laughs) and, and things because I have, I'm now in a stage of (laughs) diverging from a lot of those thought, um, camps Mm -hmm. but still that that's what comes to mind for me is that formative like developing your own personhood Mm. kind of stage of life Mm um i don't know does that at all answer yeah no it does okay i also had a thought that might be related but not directly Mm -hmm. the she she's talking about um who is this? Which one? Aminatu is talking about her sorority, I believe. And she refers to the magic of hanging out with a big group of women. 
something that she had never really experienced. And I was wondering if you have ever hung out with a big group of women on a regular basis. Mm. Uh, Being an engineer, maybe not. Mm -hmm. Um, But also maybe yes from other parts of life. Um, To me, it brought to mind not necessarily women specifically, but all of my extended family um, that we're not actually related to, but I call them my extended family, gets together every... um, every New Year's in Florida, mm. and it's, like, 30 of us in one house, uh, and people are, like, sleeping in the garage, sleeping on the floor, sleeping, like, you know, yeah. two to a bed, um, and it's magical, and I I did it every year, almost every year of my life before we moved here, mm. so that was very much magic to me growing up. Mm. So that's really, it's a really interesting, so um, for one, I, I also had a group like that growing up. Mm. The glue that held that group together, they they did actually move away from California um, mm. when I was about nine. Um, and we, those of us in California, we still, we met, we met every year for Thanksgiving. And again, mm-hmm. it was a group of people whose family didn't necessarily live in California. And there were like eight families or something like that. And we all grew up together. And... We would spend Thanksgiving together, um, and then we would do trips, like family trips together. But yeah. those were maybe more sporadic. Um, and I did love that feeling of belonging to this, like, extended family. Yeah. Um, with the women piece of it, <laughs> um, I cannot stand being in... And around a group of just women. Mm, okay. <laughs> um, having said that, I did go to an all-girls high school. And yes! it was Okay, amazing. so as I was saying that, I was like, oh, maybe she, maybe her high school was all-girls. I can't remember. No, it was. And it was amazing. Um, but So how can you, how can you say those two things, though? Come on. I, I, I don't know if it's because... I don't know. I, again, as I've gotten older, the just so we've talked about this one. I just don't care in general, right? What society has to say about what I should mm-hmm. or shouldn't be doing. But I think that when we were in high school, as a larger population, more of us didn't care. And then mm-hmm. I'm curious that, like in my professional, in a professional capacity, when I've been around all women that now this kind of societal expectations bit, even though some people are trying to fight it, that it's that it's settled in and people have kind of embraced it without realizing. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Um, so when you think of group of all women coming together and spending time and you're in and your insides cringe and your outsides cringe. Yes. What are you thinking about? Like, what are you imagining that is the thing, like, the experience that that drove you nuts? Or, you know, because I I get that in the sense, too, because I think, oh, gosh, I think about going crazy at these all-women church breakfast thing, dessert night things, and, like, gosh, like, all these people are acting like they're my friend, but no, none of my real close friends are even here. I mm. feel so uncomfortable. Like, mm. this kind of thing. And, like, you know, there, there's a lot there. But then I, I can also think of, like, 10 other examples of having a great experience yeah. as well. I will say that... Part of my Enneagram makes me particularly, I think, good in, like, group circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm, like, in person in a group, like, I can normally, you know, I've had friends in, like, my heart of hearts. I am so proud that I've had a friend go, where, texting me, where are you? You need to get here because I'm late, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) So where are you? You need to get here. And I said, why? And she said, because we're all hanging out and I lived with all introverts and I was the only extrovert and we were all women. Mm. And she was like, we can't do it. (laughs) We need you to like liven it up. You need to be the moderator, the facilitator of this situation. 
So, I don't know. I'm wondering what in your brain, what's going on in your brain. I think... You're allowed to not like it. No, I... I, Yeah. (laughs) I think it's... So, there's two things. So, one, I think there's a difference of if I can choose the group of women. Mm Mm-hmm. Because for the longest time, just again, like, byproduct of engineering, um, most of my friends were guys. And I had, like, one one best friend in university that was female. And then the mm-hmm. rest of my friends were guys. Yeah. Um, also. Guys are fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I tend to relate to guys better. Yeah. Um, and so I think if it's a group of women that I've chosen, mm-hmm. <laughs> then by all means. And I mean. Let's do it. That, and that happens. um like when I lived in Huddersfield, that would happen quite frequently where it was a group of four or five of us, right? Um, but the thing that really drives me nuts is that, and I don't know why, it's just sometimes, it's it's these, like I said, it's these kind of stereotypical characteristics that we assign to women. Mm-hmm. They just, I mean, they're stereotypes for a reason, Right. Mm-hmm. And then I just know that sometimes I'm in a group setting where I have not chosen it. And I don't know if it's the sympathy and the, the sympathy and empathy that tends to come more quickly to women. Mm-hmm. Again, huge generalization here than to men. And then some of that manifests itself in a lack of decision making. And mm-hmm. so and, and trying to please everyone. As mm-hmm. like, and so this is just these general characteristics get wrapped up and then like amplified because you've got fifteen women trying to. It, it's a very, it's just very strange, and so I end up mm. just getting very frustrated with the pace of the conversation and mm. the the lack of decision making. Sometimes again, these are huge generalizations and I'm just thinking of a couple different experiences because this honestly doesn't happen all that often. Like it's a very, very, very special case when it's all women. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not something that I, that I experience regularly. Um, But to me, it just consistently reinforces the need for diversity. Right. Mm -hmm. And and when I'm talking about gender diversity, anyway, I, I just, I just find that, I appreciate the diversity, uh, gender diversity, when I'm, and, and the fact that the world does seemingly strive for gender diversity, especially at least where I work and and um, the the industry that I'm in, because mm-hmm. I can really see the value of of gender diversity based off of these these places where I've just been all female. I think similar to what we were talking about last time about where it was a, when I moved to a place that was largely homogenous in terms of race uh, or background, I was very uncomfortable having Mm -hmm. grown up in LA. And so Mm -hmm. it's a similar thing where I find myself very uncomfortable in a situation where it's all women. So I don't, I don't find that same comfort that I would so okay I would challenge you a little bit like I did with the race thing to just think about maybe this is just maybe it could be reframed to be more personality based like individual personality based Mm. for example you were re- we were recently having a conversation about one of your friends who is not a very decisive person that does not fall into this category that we're talking about. This is very true. And you were having that frustration mm-hmm. with that person. Mm-hmm. And my theory on it is that it comes down to insecurities. Mm-hmm. And we could generalize to say that mm-hmm. maybe women have really, you know, received a lot of messages Mm. implicitly, explicitly that have made them insecure. So then there have been these instances in your experience where it's been Mm. a a frustrating dynamic. You are so 
insightful, <laughs> Simone. But I would say that's totally fair that you had those experiences, but maybe, like you've said, when you get to choose which women you're spending time with, then you're all for it Mm -hmm. because you tend to surround yourself with people who have the qualities that you value, like decisiveness. Mm -hmm. No, it's a very... Thank you for the challenge. I think you're 100% correct. Yeah. So yeah, and, and and I you're you're absolutely right, and that's why I was when I was trying to explain. I hate the like generalization stereotypes. Yeah, like it's so hard. I don't want to say it. You don't want because you know. I think deep down, like there has to be more to this mm. than just like when men are from Mars and women are from Venus. No, like no. we know yeah. that that's not it. Yeah, but it takes a lot of processing it mm. to really figure it out. I think. Mm. Anyways, no, really I, good. I'm excited about that. All right. So let's tell everybody where we can be found. We can be found. I'm getting so much better at this. You're doing awesome. We can be found on the interwebs at www.myfriendsfriendspod.com. You can send us a love letter or... Or hate mail. At I'll read the love letters. Paris will read the Paris hate mail. The hate mail. Actually, let's please send us something. <laughs> this is like the eleventh episode. I would like to read some mail, peeps. Um, yeah, people. Also, I just have to say, I'm sure we'll get here by the time that we're done. Yes. But our Instagram account at my friends friends pod has almost a hundred followers. <gasps> We are within 10 followers of hitting 100. I'm very excited about it. This is crazy. I you know it's a little bitty baby Instagram account, but once we hit 100 followers, I can see statistics on them. Oh, really? Okay. I can't wait. Well, all I got to say is follow the Instagram because Simone is possibly the best PR person known to mankind. Um <laughs> It's legit. I forgot to send an email and today. ridiculous. Yeah, things happen, but you can definitely tell who has who has written which Instagram. Uh, no, post. I love it. No, I think it's great. Um, so Instagram, mm-hmm. the email address is myfriendsfriendspod at gmail dot com, and you know if you're not. Find in our podcast where you listen to podcasts. Please send us some hate mail and we can get it sorted. And uh, yeah. And subscribe. Oh, yes. This Smash is... that subscribe button, everybody. Yeah, because did you know that Spotify has some terrible, terrible algorithm that in order to find our podcast, so again, found this because one of our lovely listeners was like, I can't find you on Spotify. You have to search our podcast by putting my friends' friends in quotes because of their insane algorithm. So, Mm. anywho, I just was, uh, you know, whatevs. That's cool. We'll get those hundred followers. (laughs) It'll be okay. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway, thanks for all the support in general. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for hanging out, friends and folks and fiends. And And thanks for, uh, Simone, for opening my mind to different things and challenging me to think differently. As Delia would say, super love. That's how she says super love. I like that a lot. In her Italian accent. I love accents. Yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Super love. Per, as per the usual, thanks to Fran Boyg for our lovely music. Thanks, Fran. Check her out on YouTube. Yay! All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.